And welcome back to another edition of Sanctified Reason. Sanctified Reason is a podcast where Dan Delzell and myself, Sonny, them talk about the things of this world through a biblical perspective. And Dan, you know, Dan writes for the uh, writes some articles that get posted on the ChristianPost.com. And Dan, you recently wrote an article talking about uh, can former transgenders talk about the truth on Twitter? You know, it seems like Twitter and other social media outlets, but especially Twitter, they're big on banning people that have more or less a conservative view on things. And one of the biggest things right now is this transgender ideology. Um, you know, there's some, what, health and human service man, woman that's in the Biden administration that was like Times Woman of the Year and people were calling her out as a man and they're getting banned and all this stuff. But uh, but there is two sides to the story, you know, and a lot of people, especially in the unsaved liberal world don't want you to hear about the other side of the story. So in this case, you know, if someone is being pushed into a transgender lifestyle and then they realize that they don't want it, that's not for them. God intervenes into their life and they come out of it. They have a story to tell, but those stories often get, you know, muffled, muted, uh, put to the back burner on the feeds and stuff. And that other side of the story doesn't come out. And so, yeah, I mean, can a former transgender, can they talk truth on Twitter? Will it get banned? You know, will people mock them for it? I mean, it's almost like, you know, we push people into doing things, and then if they don't want to do it, you know, the liberal side of life, you know, condemns them for not going along with it, even though the liberal side of life pushing these people into it aren't living it. What I mean by that is, you know, if I'm a liberal person and I believe in transgender ideology and I'm pushing people to be transgendered, but I'm not transgendered, I mean, isn't that a little bit of hypocrisy in there as well? So I think this whole thing is kind of an interesting conversation, and I uh, thought that's maybe what we could uh, talk about here on this uh, episode. Yeah, it is such an important topic today, Son. And what led me to write the article was when Twitter took action first against the Babylon Bee, uh, which is a satirical website, and they named that Rachel uh, Levine or Levine they named him Man of the Year. Uh, he's a transgender. Uh, now he, call, he calls himself a woman. Um, all you have to do to look at him is to see that you know he, he, he's a man. He, he lived as a man for his whole life until he decided he wanted to, um, you know, start wear, wearing women's clothing and, and present himself as a woman. But they took action against the Babylon Bee uh, for naming him Man of the Year, and then the Christian Post which, as you say, um, I, I write for a lot of different articles, um, and they have a lot of different authors and a lot of different posts on there that are so uh, so informative. But they, uh, they had a tweet on their Twitter account that referred to him as a man. And so Twitter, I guess, suspended the Christian Post and the Babylon Bee. As far as I know, they're both still suspended. But it, it, it's just so ironic that, you know, even though... The, the, the facts of biology, um, you know, are, are immutable. I mean, th these don't change, you know. Um, in Genesis, it says that God created them male and female. Now, now gender confusion is very real. Um, uh, gender dysphoria, gender uh, confusion is something that many people experience. And we live in a culture now, son. We're rather than giving people sanctified reason 
which uh, is the title of your podcast and refers to spiritual wisdom that God gives us through scripture and, and um, through discerning what, what, what the Bible says and just other discernment in life and maybe a different situation that a person might be in. Uh, some issues maybe aren't clearly spelled out in scripture and, and a person can gain sanctified reason in a variety of areas, obviously. But, but this is a, you know, really a, a no brainer. This is, it could, could not be clearer uh, in in uh, in nature and in the word, and yet we live in a day where uh, the the current woman who is being um, asked questions now uh, during this uh, process, she's been nominated by uh, by Biden to become a Supreme Court justice, and just a couple of days ago, she was asked the question, "What is a woman?" I believe it was Marsha Blackburn, a, a senator from. Texas, who asked her that, and she said, you know, she couldn't answer that, which is just, you know, stunning that someone who will likely sit on the highest court of the land um, does not have an answer for the question, what is a woman? But, but without sanctified reason, um, people become lost in, in a world of ideas, some of which are so illogical. Um, and and just so false, and and so this Rachel Levine, um, she goes by Rachel now. Um, God created this person as a man. He is still a man today, but not in the eyes of those who have forsaken any thought of sanctified reason and have bought into the lie that human beings get to decide their own gender based on their feelings, not, not, not biology, not the body that God created you with, but I'll tell you what, son, in the history of the world, a man has never had his period, and a man has never given birth to a child. So it won't really matter how long this facade continues. And you've got people all across the political aisle who have spoken out against the absurdity of it. But regardless of how long this goes on, um, a man will never have a period and a man will never give birth to a baby. And men can dress up in women's clothes. And women who feel like men can pretend to be men. But we're not helping them or, and we're especially not helping the young people who have gender confusion if we don't speak out against the lie that says, hey, if you feel like changing your gender, go for it. Um, it's changeable. Um, if you don't feel like staying the same gender uh, that you were born with, if you feel like switching from your biological gender, um, go for it. We'll even give you hormones to assist in the process as we work you closer to having radical surgery. And yet, son, as I pointed out, uh, there was quite a testimony of a man, a Walt Heyer, if I'm saying his last name right, Heyer or Heyer. But uh, I have some long quotes from him in my article, and he went through, I believe it was eight years, where he was trying to live as a woman. But boy, does he ever have some some wisdom to share with those who 
are being tempted to do that and how not only did it not satisfy that urge that he was feeling, but it just multiplied his psychological problems um, immensely and really exponentially. Um, and, and so he is one of those today who is a former transgender, as is Laura Perry, the other girl um, in the article that I, that I referenced individually. But, you know, Son, it, it's, it's all over the place today. You know, we all know about, you know, Bruce Jenner becoming, you know, Caitlyn Jenner. And, and um, it, it's really kind of in vogue in certain circles to really promote this. But it is so dangerous. Um, you know, the suicide rate of, of transgenders is 20 to 30 times higher than the average population. I mean, the reason is because it doesn't satisfy. You know, a, a person thinks this will be my answer. I'll, I'll, I'll change my gender, supposedly, and I'll, I'll even change my body. But I'll tell you, son, it, it, it's a, a ploy of Satan to try to lead people away from their God-given gender. And that's not to diminish gender confusion, which is very real and requires sensitivity and counseling and prayer. But, oh, my goodness, uh, ask Walt Heyer there if, 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 if he could have those eight years back that he wasted um, trying to live as a woman. And he said his inbox is filled with messages of people who tell him the same thing, but they were duped by the media pushing it, the, the social media technology companies pushing it. And so for Twitter to go ahead and suspend accounts of people who tell the truth on this issue, that, that's no surprise because the Twitter executives are living in a very dark place. Um, they have no sanctified reason, no concept whatsoever of basic biology, because if they did, they would not be contributing to people going down the path of despair and suicide and radically altering their God-given body. They would not be doing that. But because they are, it just shows that they bought into the lie. And sadly, millions of people are, are falling uh, for the lie. And when I say millions, like not, not millions of transgenders per se, but millions of people who, um, you know, will go on social media and just make a big stink about the fact that they think that, you know, hey, everybody should be able to change their gender. And so it, it's just crazy what people, many people are saying to defend it. But the results really speak for themselves. And, you know, the biology is clear. Scripture is clear. Um, you wouldn't think we would really need any, e either of those to, to just uh, have to defend the basics of male and female. But that's the day in which we live. You know, um, it comes down to this. So you linked a story from a gal who didn't like the fact of how she was created. Apparently, uh, she had some issues, womanly issues with her system, her body system. Um, she wasn't really, girls didn't like her, befriend her. Um, she didn't like the way she looked, you know. So she kind of goes in and tells her story in like a 45-minute video. And as I was listening to it, I got a couple of clips that I want to play throughout the show today. But one of the things that as I was listening to, it doesn't matter if you're transgendered or what your sin is. Because it basically comes down to this. You reject God. 
sin takes over your life, you pursue that sinful lifestyle, then you get to the point where it's almost like not the point of no return, but you get really in deep into that sinful lifestyle. It's hard to come back from that, especially when you're getting into the things uh, belonging to the LGBT community um, and some of those, you know, some of those lifestyles. Then it's also listening to other people and other people influencing you one way or another. And then finally, if you do come out of it, it's being exposed back to the true message of the gospel. And so it's kind of like that, you know, grace law, you know, uh, this gal, Laura, heard a lot of law, I guess, according to uh, her story about the Bible, you know, God's rules, as she called it. And then so she rejected that. And then she, you know, got into her lifestyle. And then basically what confirmed the fact And I want to play a clip here because I think this is an important clip because you can insert a lot of different things into it. But this is how she finally kind of believed. Okay, so she rejected God, and she's getting into this lifestyle of just crazy, sinful stuff. But then this is how she tells the story about what really convinced her to pursue full-time, I guess, a a transgender lifestyle. So let me just play this real quick for you and get your thoughts on it. Sure. Sure. And there was a support group there. And I was like, wow, you know, this is great. And so I went the first week it was available. And I went and I was there for maybe five minutes. And they had me just sharing a little bit about who I was. And they were like, oh, you are definitely transgender. And it was like, I knew it. (laughs) Like everything, the devil was giving me everything I wanted to hear. And so, you know, I mean, they, they didn't even know anything about my childhood or anything like all I had told you know I don't remember what all I told him but all they know is what I'm telling them they're not diving any into anything deeper to see why I might be feeling that way you know nobody asked me why I didn't like being a girl it's like all you have to say is how much you felt like a boy and it's like oh you're definitely transgender Um, and I was worried that I would never look like a guy and they said oh don't worry about it after a year or so of taking hormones no one will ever know you were a girl and that's what I'd wanted to hear all my life, you know. So I just bought it completely, and I was like, yes, this is, this is what I've been waiting for. See, the devil was telling her everything she wanted to hear, and then she goes to a place that offers a solution to all her problems. Um, don't worry about the way you look. Hormones can take care of that. Oh, you're definitely transgendered because you believe this. Okay, let's take it out of transgender ideology. What about abortion? Uh Uh-oh, I'm pregnant. What do I do? Oh, we can take care of it for you. We'll solve your problem, and we'll just get it aborted. Okay, that's what I want to hear, and the devil's telling me everything I need to hear, and you're rejecting God. It might not be God's plan for you to get pregnant, but you're rejecting God in all these steps. So no matter what you put yourself in, it's a rejection of God. It's the devil telling you what you want to hear. It's other people stepping in and saying, we can solve your problem, whatever that problem is. In this case with Laura, it was transgender ideology. And then they go from there. And it's just one thing after another after another. But here in this case, you know, it's someone telling her, oh, yeah, you're this. I remember a guy telling me a story one time about uh, a guy he knew in high school who I guess became gay or whatever. And they were out at a party one night just hanging out with some friends, you know, not a drinking party, just like, you know, a birthday party, whatever, just a fun time together. So it was no big deal. And they were talking and this one guy having, was having a conversation with this girl and the girl just simply responded to him, said, yeah, you're gay. He's like, I am. And she's like, yeah, you're gay. He's like, okay, I guess I'm gay. And so then he just started to live a gay lifestyle. And it's like, wow. Yeah. And it's, and it's really bizarre because these people, 
um, or anybody for that matter, will just listen to somebody for what reason? I mean, the like like she said here, they didn't investigate her life. They didn't check into who she is, what's causing these issues, what's causing these thoughts. Maybe there's more to it than just, oh, you're a transgender, just like this guy. Oh, you're just gay. And then they just accept it and they live this life that then ultimately takes them down a path where it gets really dark and and you have a lot of issues. Because like you said, suicide is a big, big part of the end of the story for a lot of transgender people. Real quick, there was a L.A. Times sports writer. Back in 2009, he committed suicide. He was an award-winning sports writer by the name of Mike Penner. All of a sudden, he comes out as trans, uh, transgendered, and now he's Christine Daniels. Then he goes back to being Mike Penner. I don't know if it worked, you know, because I guess it didn't work out or whatever, and then he takes his own life. And so there's some <clears throat> serious, serious things. Mental, you yeah. know, We're talking about mental health issues coming out of the uh, yeah. pandemic. There's a lot of mental health that, you know, whether it's the liberal left or big tech or whatever, they don't care about anything like that. Let's just be honest. All they care about yeah. is the narrative and not what the consequences are to the other people. So, yeah, will they censor the truth? Will someone be able to come out and tell their story and say, hey, don't go down this path because it's bad? Or will that get censored? Yeah, that's exactly what's going on, Son. And, you know, as you were describing Laura here a moment ago and – and how, you know, the devil was telling her what she wanted to hear through those people. They were being the devil's mouthpiece. Uh, um, I was thinking about how, you know, when we're born into this world, it's almost like we're placed into a boat and we're set out to sea. Now, again, if we're, I mean, if we're in a, a healthy family, I mean, granted, I mean, then you got other boats right there with you. And so you're being cared for by your family and everything. But as you get older, um, and, and you have to start to make some of your own decisions. If you don't have an anchor, um, you are just going to go wherever the wind blows you. And in our culture, there are strong winds blowing in the direction of uh, transgender ideology and gender misinformation. I mean, people are hearing crazy things like, um, well, you know, there are doctors who, who, who support this, or there are other people who, who support this. Um, I tell you, Son, it is so dark. The ideology, the transgender ideology is so dark. But, but Satan knows how to tap into a person's weakness. And, and Satan spotted a long time ago that some little boys uh, exhibit some feminine uh, qualities and some little girls um, demonstrates some masculine uh, qualities and, and some little boys, if they're encouraged to pursue those feminine qualities and the little girls to pursue those masculine qualities, we can keep setting them up. Um, now I'll tell you what, um, in previous generations, uh, there would not have been the opportunity for Satan to pull off what's being pulled off with young people today be because you just simply would not have had the, the opportunity in America for anybody to be duped that badly. But when you look at the progression of sin and the clouds of darkness that have descended upon America. Now, you know, a lot is talked about the clouds of darkness that were upon America as a result of slavery. And that should absolutely be described uh, as nothing but clouds of darkness until um, you know, until uh, that just uh, horrific practice was was ended. 
But but likewise, there are clouds of darkness today and really over the last 50 or 60 years that have descended upon America. Uh, really, I would say beginning with the sexual revolution of the 60s, where all of a sudden people began to just freely give themselves over and just in a very public way, it began to be promoted that, that uh, you know, the whole Hugh Hefner playboy image, um, you know, it really began to be promoted as a way to seek satisfaction. And although all it's, it's brought is heartache and sexually transmitted diseases and separation from God and broken families and, and all sorts of other things, it still gets promoted because the fire of sexual lust is so hot. But once that tiger was let out of the cage and that darkness began to spread in America, you know, Satan was scheming up his next plan because once you start to engage in sin deliberately, um, you are a prime target for Satan to take you to the next level of depravity. Okay. And that next level of depravity here in America and really in the world, I would say in many parts of the world as well, but certainly here in America, that next level of depravity was the uh, homosexual ideology that uh, clearly uh, goes against nature, but more importantly, goes against God's plan, God's will. It goes against God's design. Um, man and woman were created uh, to have a marriage between a man and a woman. And yet Satan knew that he would be able, as he has, you know, really throughout the ages, to tempt certain people to take a bite of that fruit, um, to, to indulge some sensual, lustful desires uh, with men and men being together, women and women being together. So that was the next evolution of, of a satanic, uh, I would say, attack upon, uh, upon America. And, and of course, then that began to be promoted so heavily by the entertainment industry, by the media, just the way that um, free sex was promoted earlier by so many. You know, once the cat got out of the bag, once the tiger got out of the cage, um, once people kind of got over the shock of it, um, you know, it, it was kind of like, you know, well, we'll, and he, and he was very, very clever, but, but um, in a very diabolical way, well, what they've done, son, you know, because the entertainment industry, is so embedded with spiritual darkness. Now, granted, there are some beautiful examples of, of, of Christian uh, witness there and, uh, you know, pure flicks movies, uh, just, you know, phenomenal and some wonderful Christians in Hollywood. But let's face it, by and large, it, 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 it's so dark there. And, um, you know, so, so what the entertainment industry learned was that if we could just incorporate some of these sins into jokes, uh, if our late night comedians and our movies and our and our sitcoms can start to make light of these things, and then we'll have canned laughter, and then we'll have laughter in the audience, and we'll and we'll get everybody thinking it's just it's just one big, you know, happy time, one big joke, and and, and so you know you you, you saw that, um, you know you saw that happen in America. I mean, you know. Uh, 60 years ago, they would have never made jokes on, on TV when TV was first, you know, really getting going. They would have never made jokes about homosexuality because that level of darkness had not descended upon America uh, to the degree that it has, where, where the sanctified reason that, that, that many in, in the generation would have had from just 
um, their participation in a, in a biblical church and growing up, you know, going to church, reading the Bible. Of course, not everybody, but, but enough in the society where you had a, a real level of protection against something so depraved um, uh, as, as uh, just promoting fornication, uh, heterosexual fornication. And then, like I say, Satan took that next step. And, and now let's make the big joke, homosexuality, okay? And now once that was firmly embedded in the culture, now that, you know, uh, basically, you know, Satan and his angels saw that we, 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 we've accomplished that, now let's really go after God's design for male and female. You know, we've already duped these fools um, about how to use their body and just to live for lust and, and for personal pleasure and, and forget your creator. Um, let, let's just, uh, you know, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And that's what man says when he throws himself into sexual sin. There is no God. I am my own God. Uh, this is my body to use as I choose. You mentioned abortion, the same arguments used, you know, for people to justify abortion as in a way to justify sexual sin. So the clouds of darkness came in through the sexual revolution. They only increased then with uh, homosexuality being promoted so heavily. And then, of course, um, the third shoe to drop now was this transgender ideology. And who could have known, Son, that in such a relatively short period of time, um, it would go so mainstream that, you know, even an Olympic athlete like, like, like Bruce Jenner, okay, uh, I, I saw him, I didn't watch it all, but he was being interviewed on the quote-unquote conservative news station the other day. Uh, you know, it's Caitlyn Jenner. But, but, you know, by even giving him a platform, what you're essentially saying is, you know, um, we affirm your, your, your decision, Bruce, or in this case, Caitlin, we affirm what you're doing. Um, but what kind of message does that send to children? It, it sends the same message that Twitter wants to send and Facebook wants to send. And many who have no sanctified reason whatsoever, because silent. They're they're on a they're on a boat at sea with no anchor. They have they have been driven by the wind hundreds of miles from shore, hundreds of miles from the safety of Christ and, and Scripture. God has given us His word to protect us. And you know, if you'd have told most of us, if you'd have told us, you know, forty years ago, that in two thousand and twenty-two, transgenderism would be this mainstream and accepted by so many, not only accepted but pushed by so many. And four years ago, son, I wrote an article, you may remember, will America's public grade schools become transgender mills? And I wrote that with a lot of statistics and references to other what other people are saying about what was happening already four years ago with the whole transgender ideology, but it's just tragic. And, uh, you know, it all could have been prevented, but sadly, the uh, the educational establishment, it, it, by and large, now, there are many wonderful Christian teachers who who are firmly aware of, of the truth on this matter. But but the edu- the establishment itself uh, seems to uh, be in bed with this uh, with this doctrine. Um, certainly, the the, the media, uh, the social tech companies, the entertainment industry, uh, you know, it's just saturating our our society. And praise the Lord that someone like Laura Perry not only was delivered from that seductive, um, that seductive lifestyle that, that she was giving into for a while, 
But now, Sean, she has a powerful testimony. And I know you've got some wonderful clips that were, uh, we've already started to hear today. Um, and, and my goodness, I wish every young person in America would, would, would listen to her. But instead, you know, what is the culture push? Years ago, Katy Perry singing, I kissed a girl and I liked it. So what's that going to tell young people? Um, hey, you might like it too. And I'll tell you what, Sean, when people dabble with sexual morality, be it heterosexual or homosexual, when people dabble with the, the just diabolical idea of changing their gender, um, Satan works through ideas. He works through falsehoods. He works through lies. And we're all susceptible to lies. We all, son, have fallen for lies in our lifetime. But, uh, you know, this is a day when much discernment is needed and much sanctified reason is needed because people are falling you know, left and right for these lies that are being promoted. Well, and that's the thing, you know, it just comes down to, like she said in that clip that we played a little bit ago, you know, the devil, she was hearing what she wanted to hear, and the devil was telling her everything that she wanted to hear, and that was the basis for some of that. You know, here, let me just play something else. She talked about, you know, rejecting God and what that lifestyle became like. So this is what she had to say on her. That really started her rejection of God and down this path that really kind of tormented her soul. And so, you know, I I knew that God had made me female. I tried very hard, actually, at one point to um, pretend like God didn't exist. I tried to be an atheist. But I knew, no matter, I'd been taught so much. There was such a solid foundation. I had all this head knowledge. I knew the Bible was true. You know, and I couldn't escape that fact. But I was angry. I started being angry with God because I thought, okay, if, if God did this on purpose, if God made me a girl, but I have, I've had all these problems, I'm not loved as a girl, and the girls reject me, and then on top of that, my female system doesn't work. They were telling me I'd likely never get pregnant, and it's causing me nothing but pain. If God did all this on purpose, then God is a jerk. See, there was another you know, lie of Satan. Okay, God did this to you, and you start to believe that, and then you start to blame God for something because, you know, God created us even though we're imperfect in our human form because of sin. God created us perfectly and how we are. So, yes, our bodies at some point during this earthly life might malfunction, not work, have issues. But, again, like we've talked about in the past, we're only thinking short term. We're only thinking about life on earth. We're not thinking about the longevity of what eternity is going to be like once we depart from this earth and move on into eternity if we're following Christ or if we're not following Christ. And there's a big difference between that. And again, when you look at what God has created in us and what he created us for, it's a lot different if we look at that perspective than looking on the perspective of the physical appearance because our physical appearances can be very deceiving. Quick story. Um, teaching at a community college, and I was doing a uh, guest lecture in a classroom trying to promote my uh, radio program at the college that I was teaching in. And I was in this class, and I did my presentation, and then afterwards it was time for Q&A. And this gal, probably 18, 19 years old because it was community college, comes up to me and is talking to me, and so I'm talking to her and asked her what she wanted to be, and she said she wanted to be a singer. I said, oh, that's cool. We talked about that a little bit more. I said, so, you know, what are you doing to become a singer? And then it got to the point where she was like, I don't know if I'm going to be able to make it. I'm like, why? You don't think your voice is very good? You know, because you can get lessons, practice, and, you know, get better. And she's like, no. Um, my nose, 
from my lip, upper lip, the top of my upper lip to the tip of my nose is dis, is uh, distorted. It's disproportionate. And she had this like false idea of what her nose and like her face looked like. And it was ever, and I'm looking at her like, you're out of your mind because I don't see any fault. I don't see any defect. I don't see anything. But in her mind, that was, that's what she was fixated on was the way that she looked and that, which has nothing to do with singing, but that was going to keep her from being a singer and pursuing her goals because of the way she looked. And those are the little deceptions. So now imagine she, as an 18, 19 year old, is obsessed by that. Now you look at someone like Laura in the story, and she has issues with her body not functioning properly. Apparently, you know, didn't like the way she looked. You know, some of the girls that she would try to hang out with kind of rejected her. She kind of looked, I guess, like a guy more or like more boyish, I guess. And so she started to go down that path. And sometimes we make things up in our mind about how we look and things we obsess about. And that's when we're when we fall into the trap of a Satan telling us bad things, B we try to do it on our own and we don't let God take control of it. And when God doesn't run our lives, we can have all kinds of issues and all kinds of things that we obsess on that will continue to take us down the wrong path. You're sharing that example. Uh, I'm just reminded of how the scripture presents this, this reality that, that, that people get strongholds in their mind, you know, so, so picture the human mind and then picture a person believing a lie and then hanging on to that lie and starting to make decisions based on that lie. And so that acceptance of a lie and everything that it causes, all the worry that this young girl went through, all that, um, you know, just faulty ideas she had about her appearance. It all came from that stronghold, which becomes a fortress in your mind from which the enemy, from which Satan and his evil angels attack a person through lies. And, you know, we have been given, it says in scripture, you know, weapons. And the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world, but, but rather um, these weapons have power to uh, demolish strongholds. Uh, so we take captive every thought to make it obedient to Christ. And, and if someone doesn't think that believing a lie is a very big deal. Um, just watch how quickly the acceptance of a lie can turn into a stronghold where now a person is just absolutely convinced of their position, uh, whatever they're holding to, whatever they're believing. Um, and, and, you know, son, the other thing, of course, in the culture that has contributed to this is this ideology that's been around now uh, for uh, quite a few years now in America but this idea that there is no such thing as absolute truth and that everybody can create their own truth. And, and so you see what Satan has done to get people, first of all, to just make decisions based on their feelings. Um, whatever feels right in the moment, that's what you need to do. And all the commercials that are trying to sell us something uh, are, are, are telling us many times, you know, um, whatever feels right to you, you know, make this impulsive purchase now, um, you know, do this thing. And so you, you, you've got that coming at you and, and no absolute truth. Do it right now. And on top of that, what you mentioned a moment ago, um, this, this lack of understanding about eternity and that there are eternal consequences to what happens during our life here on earth. For example, the person who accepts Christ as Savior. 
is forgiven of his or her sins and gains eternal life in heaven. And then for the rest of their life on earth, um, they, they, they seek to live for Christ because that's what Christians do. Um, now, you, you have a person who says, I'm a Christian, but not really be born again on the inside. And in that case, um, they don't have God's power. Um, they don't have God's motivation. Um, they, they, they don't have sanctified reason. They don't have Christ because they have not yet trusted in his death on the cross for their sins. But once that happens, uh, then you, you live for an entirely different uh, purpose and goal. But there are so many who are being told, do what feels right. You define your own truth. And there are even billboards that atheists put up, you know, um, there is no afterlife. Uh, this, this is all you have. And so many young people have been duped by one lie after the other. And it's no wonder then, Song, with this whole thing with Twitter and transgender going on, it's no wonder that so many people who've been duped are going to say, wait a minute, um, you know, how dare you uh, stick to biology? How dare you focus on uh, the biological sex of a person if he or she has decided to change gender? But, but that's because that's all some people have ever known, Saul. They've never had an anchor um, for their soul. They've never been rooted to Christ and rooted to Scripture, which is, I mean, that's all part of this Christian anchor. You know, it's, it's faith in Christ. It, it's his death on the cross for our sins. But it's also the Word of God and the promises of God and the wisdom of God and the instructions from God uh, for holy living. See, without that, any of us are going to just be adrift at sea. And uh, it, it's just so sad to see how far away people will go from the truth. But, but we know the answer. The answer is Christ. The answer is the Bible. No matter how much people have attacked it, you know, it, it, it's the, the best-selling book of all time for a reason, Son. Um, it has more original manuscripts, far more than any other ancient book of, of uh, antiquity, you know, the New Testament does. Um, you know, over 5,000 uh, manuscripts. I mean, so people who attack it, they don't know what they're talking about, but they have a bias. And you know who's lied to them, son? Uh, Satan has lied to them. Uh, people who attack the Bible, uh, it's just like what Laura was describing. They're mad at God. They're mad at Christians. They're mad at, at and here's what they're ultimately mad at, many. And, and you and I would be in the same boat, son. The same, literally the same boat, okay? Um, they're mad because they don't want to be accountable to the God of the Bible. They don't want to be told that their actions have consequences. They don't want to be told uh, what the Bible says, a man reaps what he sows. They don't want to be told that there's a heaven and a hell and that there's something after this. They, what they want to do, because this is our human nature, they want to be able to sow their wild oats without any consequences and do whatever feels right in the moment and spend their whole life that way and then say, hey, now I'm done. You know, I, I lived to the fullest and now I'm going to return to dust. But I tell you, um, those who think that way and live that way have been duped by the prince of darkness. And a person, son, is never more alert than the moment right after they leave this world. Because whether a person is on the train to Hades or being gently, you know, brought to heaven by God's angels, uh, you know for a fact the moment after you leave this world that what the Bible teaches is true, 
Jesus is the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. He is the one Savior of the world. And I'll tell you, Son, I can't even imagine how many lies people in hell will have eternity to think about. Lies that they bought into. Lies that they believe. And one of the biggest lies uh, that people in hell will be, have to consider is, why did I think I could earn my way to heaven by my works? Why did I believe that lie? Or why did I believe the lie that I could just live to sin, live for sin to my heart's content, uh, even though it never brought me contentment, but I could just sow my, my wild oats and it would never matter in the end. But I'll tell you, son, one moment after death, people realize uh, why Jesus came, why he gave his life, and why this is so essential that a person repent and believe the good news. That was Jesus' first sermon. And, and yet there are a thousand other messages in our culture today that would invite people to go a different direction. And that, of course, is the choice that each, each person has to make. You know, that's what I want to get to in this final clip is what brought her back around. So apparently in this particular case, she obviously rejected God and wanted to pursue what she thought and what the lies that the devil were preaching to her was her true identity in transgender ideology, being a from a woman to a man. But then in the end, this is how God got her back, so to speak. And it's uh, kind of amazing, you know, the stories that you hear of people that overcome things in life who reject God and then come back to him. You know, sometimes it's, it's not necessarily some major, you know, um, Jonah being thrown in the well or, you know, Saul being blinded on the road to Tarsus or things like that. Sometimes it's just something as simple as this. But my mom asked me one time to make a website for her Bible study. And I agreed really just because I needed the money. Um, but as I started working on the website, I thought, you know, I'm going to summarize the lessons for the, the website. This would be great. And as I did, I had to read the lessons. So as I started reading the lessons, the word of God just began to penetrate my heart. And it really wasn't even a specific verse at first. It really was God was showing me who he was. He started revealing his character and his heart and how he was faithful and trustworthy. And I really began to be blown away by the God that I was reading about, and it wasn't the God I'd heard about growing up. And I didn't know how I'd missed it. I had read so much of the Bible growing up, but all I ever heard was God's rules. But now I was hearing that God wanted a relationship, that God loved people, that God was faithful, that he was trustworthy. And so I, I just got curious, and I started calling my mom and asking her questions. And eventually, um, we talked for several months, and I finally said, Mom, what's happened to me? Six months ago, it was 180 degrees from where I am now. I said, all I want is to hear the Word of God. See, there was just, you know, a simple thing. Oh, I need to do a job, so I'll just make this website. And then the website became, well, I'm going to put some notes on it. And as she's putting notes on the website, she's starting to read the Bible studies and kind of see things. Then all of a sudden, Scripture starts speaking to her. And the next thing you know, like she said, she's 180 degrees from where she was just a few months ago. God calling her back. And now she's sharing her testimony with others so that others might be able to hear her story and come back, which then brings us back to the crux of the conversation is if she's putting this out there. And today, you know, by today's standards, we've got social media, things like Twitter, we've got YouTube, we've got Facebook, um, and they're all pretty much owned by the same company or the same entity, and they're starting to censor all this stuff, 
Obviously, God can work beyond that, but, you know, that's what we're talking about, all this stuff getting censored. You know, these powerful stories that don't fit the world narrative aren't going to be shared and are going to be censored and squashed because the world doesn't want this type of story, the story that Laura Perry is sharing, to be out there because that doesn't fit the narrative that they're trying to push. Yeah, that's exactly right, Son. And isn't it interesting that Laura describes how, you know, she'd heard the laws, she'd heard the rules, and this describes millions of people, um, but she had not yet come to understand grace. She had not yet come to understand God's love for her. Um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many times I'll, I'll hear some reference in, in the culture, Son, or maybe it's on a, a movie or a television show or somebody in the culture, they'll make the comment like, well, you know, you, you, you know, religious people, then you got to go do this so Jesus will like you again or something like this. They have no concept of what it means to be loved by God's just unconditional love and constant grace because they've never experienced that. You know, um, it was interesting earlier today, I was watching a, a video and Ray Comfort has some amazing um, interviews he does on the street and at the beach with people and he'll ask them, you know, the spiritual questions and, and ask them about, you know, the commandments and have you obeyed this or that? And, and then if not, what does that make you? And then, he, you know, he, he does a beautiful job of laying out the law because the law was put in charge to lead us to Christ. And then he, he shares the beautiful gospel. Well, anyway, um, I don't know if this guy that he was talking to, he and his wife were there, a young, young guy. Um, I don't know if, he, if Ray knew him before the interview, but they were there at the beach. But um, anyway, this guy grew up in the LDS church as a Mormon. And, and, and yet this guy has such a beautiful understanding of the gospel, but he described, you know, um, the difference between what he got growing up, it was just all law. And they have their doctrine of covenants and, 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 their, and their little, you know, of course, the Book of Mormon. Uh, but he didn't understand the Bible. He didn't read much of the Bible. But, but it was all about law. It was all about him needing to try to earn his way. Uh, and he never had the assurance of salvation because he wasn't saved. Um, and it's just so sad that, you know, you got all of these young men who are, um, you know, going out on their two-year mission. Um, what, what they should be taught before they ever go out on a mission is the gospel. Um, but but he, he was never taught the gospel in that, um, in that organization. Um, but, but today he's a believer. Um, he, he, he knows the gospel. He knows the love of God. And uh, not only is he is he working every bit as much to try to do God's will now as he did then, but now he knows he's forgiven. Now he knows he's saved because he's not relying on himself. In fact, I was uh, it was interesting. Son, uh, somebody uh, somebody in our church had texted me a little letter they received in the mail, and I actually got one here maybe in the last year from a local somebody a local Jehovah's Witness, and. Um, so uh, they texted this to me. So I looked up the name. And uh, anyway, it was a, uh, a gentleman in, uh, in Plattsmith here, not too far from, from where we're at here. And um, uh, anyway, I ended up having a long talk, about a 25-minute talk, I guess, with his wife on the phone. But, um, you know, when I talk to Jehovah's Witnesses, when I talk to Mormons, it's all the same thing. Those are two different organizations, you know, the Watchtower with the, uh, Jehovah's Witnesses. But it's all the same thing. Um, what's beat into them is that they have to really, you know, they have to be the ones to ultimately, um, achieve their salvation by what they do. And, and there's a reason, Son, why the Christian church has never, 
accepted either of those organizations as a part of, um, you know, Orthodox Christianity because they have so many different doctrines that are contrary to the gospel, uh, contrary to the nature of God, um, very devout people. I mean, just like Laura Perry, I mean, these beautiful testimony, uh, you know, uh, words that you're sharing from her testimony, she was so devout. She was trying to do the right thing. She thought that, you know, she was supposed to be transgender, but she was being lied to. And, and Satan is the, uh, he, he is the father of lies. Um, he's lying all the time. Uh, about about religion, and if he can get somebody pulled into his web through a uh, a false religious group, he'll do it. If he can get him pulled in through a, a false uh, gender pursuit or a false sexual uh, pursuit, but but remember though, um, strongholds strongholds are what Satan wants. He wants to build a fortress in a person's mind from which then he can really go to work on a person. And a stronghold isn't developed overnight. You know, Laura Perry testifies there to how, you know, early in her life, I mean, she started to have these things, these feelings, and but but it but he weaves this web, and and uh, you know the Bible uh, warns us against the sin that so easily entangles, um, and then how we're to run the race with perseverance. But um, there are sinful doctrines, there are sinful uh, there's sinful behavior. There's lots of things on that if we're not careful. And, and we're all guilty of sin. I mean, we're all guilty. Um, so none of us can point the finger. None of us can throw the first stone uh, at anyone. Um, and not, not we can't be justified and, and do that. Uh, there is no justification for that. But, um, you know, if we judge people that way, then what we're saying is, God, you judge me that way. You know, and if I'm going to throw stones at others, Lord, then I'm expecting you to throw stones at me, not to save my soul. So we can't do that. Um, you know, even in the Lord's prayer, you know, where we pray, you know, um, you know, we ask the Lord to forgive our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. But, but if we're not going to do that second half, um, then what we're saying is I don't want forgiveness to be at the center of my life. I don't want that to be the anchor of my life. Um, and, and if I'm refusing to forgive others, then how can I begin to think that God has forgiven me because they, you know, forgiven people saw they forgive others. Okay. Forgiven people forgive others. And if a forgiven person is having a tough time forgiving someone, um, then the Holy Spirit's going to be working to pray, uh, working to lead them to pray about that. But it's unforgiven people, um, who don't forgive others. It's unforgiven people who say, no, no, I will not forgive. And that's a very sad, uh, fruit of, of unbelief. Uh, because that is not the fruit of faith. Uh, I'm not saying we're never tempted as Christians to hold a grudge, or that we've never started down that path. But the Lord will get a hold of us and say, wait a minute, um, that is so opposite of everything I've called you to be, that you've got to let go of that. You've got to, you know, you cannot. Uh, you know, everyone who, who confesses the name of the Lord must turn away from wickedness, the Bible says. We're not saving ourselves. But what we're doing is we are... Um, we are living out the gospel that the Lord put within us when we were saved. And that was one thing in talking to this Jehovah's Witness there for 25 minutes this week. Um, you know, she, she, she even made reference on, and uh, sometimes we can talk about this further, but she made reference on how, well, you know, there are some people that look like a Billy Graham uh, event and they believe in once saved, always saved. And, and, and so, you know, and you can see how Satan then, tries to weave um, a, a web around a person 
and, and, and the whole Jehovah's Witness justification is, yeah, you know, look at all those fake Christians who thought they were saved and look at their living you know, for sin. And so, of course, that's a much bigger discussion than I know we have time for right now. Um, and I'll just simply say, any Christian can know that they're saved for eternity and that they're not going to lose their salvation. But the person who, who should have no confidence for, of that is the one who is um, choosing uh, to live for deliberate sin, um, choosing to, uh, to sow for sin rather than for the Lord. And that person should not have any assurance of salvation. You know, Paul said a man reaps what he sows. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. Um, the one who sows to please the sinful nature from that nature will reap destruction. The one who sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. So we're not saved by our works, but our works will reflect uh, either Christ who's in us or unbelief that is still on the throne of our hearts. So, um, yeah, that's uh, that's just another angle, I guess, to the sanctified reason that uh, that comes to mind in this topic today. Well, and that's another reason why you know uh, doctrine or theological ideology, you know, going to the scriptures is important, and not just relying on someone preaching it to you. I mean, there's so many things. I mean, even in you know places like the Christian Post, I read stories or articles, and Anything in the name of God is automatically revered, you know, like so-and-so praises God for winning the Oscar, and they're all like, oh, this person must be a Christian, blah, 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 and then they listen to everything. Or like one time Jim Carrey made some comments about God, and everyone went off on him, like, oh, he's a Christian, all this, and then, you know, next thing you know, he's doing something stupid, and now he's not a Christian anymore. Um, No, but, you know, it's important that where we get our Bible, where we get our theology, what we're studying, it's even more important because if... People are succumbing to peer pressure when it comes to things like abortion, transgender ideology, LGBTQ, and other things, even when it comes to simple things like drinking, lying, gambling, cheating, stuff like that. If we're getting like the devil on our shoulder and we're getting inundated with that, you know, and then you have the flip side, the angel, well, who has the louder voice? Okay, now if the angel has the louder voice telling us, what is it he's telling us? Is that true doctrine? Is that true scripture? Or is it some bastardized version of the Bible that's only going to allow the devil's side, so to speak, to be louder and have that message be more prominent? Because even if we do have a Christian mindset, if our theology is off, I'll bring it up again, John 14, 6. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Yet, on a radio show, we ask the question, is there any other way to get to heaven when the Bible specifically says, John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way. And all kinds of people giving us their credentials on being born in the church. They were born in the baptismal, raised in the church, memorized scripture 500 times over. Yes, there's other ways to get to heaven. Uh, what? So again, even if we are Christians, even if we are you know, Bible believers, is the scripture telling us, do we have a foundation in scripture that's going to keep those temptations and keep those things away? Because oftentimes we succumb to them because even though we're Christians and yes, we're tempted Mm -hmm. and we have a sinful nature, our theology is off, our scripture is off, and that leaves us more susceptible. It's like having a defense mechanism that Mm -hmm. is malfunctioning and not working properly because we haven't installed it properly. Yeah, I mean, you know, the, the, the image that comes to mind, Son, is just think, if today um, 
the bravery of the Ukrainian president and, and Ukrainians who are um, defending themselves against this Russian attack. Just think, if they didn't have any weapons, you know, that's what they've been pleading for, for more weapons. Um, and, and I'm just thankful, Sean, that as Christians, um, God has given us the weapons uh, to demolish strongholds. He's given us the word of God. Um, you know, you mentioned, you know, temptation. You know, Jesus said, watch and praise for you. We're not falling to temptation. Um, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. So what, what Jesus showed us uh, when he said, man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God, when he himself was being tempted by the devil, um, what Jesus showed us is that the word of God um, and prayer is how we can demolish the, the lies and the strongholds of Satan. And, and like you said, son, we're all susceptible to that. And, you know, we as Christians, we have a target on our back. So Satan's going to be really trying to come after us because he doesn't want us being effective witnesses for Christ. He doesn't want us helping people to be delivered from the lies of, of, of the dark one. He doesn't want us to, uh, to help um, teach people how to have an anchor for their boat so that they don't be, get just pulled around to, uh, whatever the culture, whatever uh, the social media, Twitter and Facebook executives decide that, that is, is uh, acceptable content for them. Are you kidding me? Um, oh, my goodness. How tragic when a person bases their life and their soul upon what they're being spoon fed by the entertainment industry or the educational establishment or the government or whatever it might be. I mean, if your hope is not in Christ, if your faith is not in the Lord, if your confidence is not in the word of God, my friend, you will be pulled every which way. And praise the Lord once again now, Son, for Laura Perry's testimony, um, just for her courage, her humility, um, her willingness to share, hey, you know, uh, I once was lost, but now I'm found. And, and there are so many who've experienced the grace of God. And I hope, Son, that if there's someone listening right now to this podcast who maybe is battling uh, an addiction or battling a particular temptation or battling unbelief, and, and uh, maybe, my friend, you're not yet a believer in Jesus, um, today could be the day for you to come to faith in Christ with simple childlike faith. You don't have to jump through hoops. You don't have to, you know, get all religious. Uh, meaning just go through all these rituals or whatever. Um, but you will need to come to Christ. Uh, he is uh, the Prince of Peace. He is the Redeemer who will forgive you. And if you'll trust Christ today, if you'll repent of your sin and believe in him, the Bible says you'll be born again. You'll be forgiven. You'll be justified. You'll be redeemed. Um, and, and all that will happen on the front end of your relationship with God. But it's got to begin. Uh, with, with coming to Christ. You know, come near to God and he'll come near to you. So I encourage you to do that today, my friend. Just, just uh, here's a very short, simple prayer. You could just say to Jesus, okay? You might even want to write this down. Uh, I think it's seven words. Wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. And I, I invite you today, my friend, I invite you to think about saying that to the Lord today. Wash me, Jesus, with your precious blood. And if you do, Think about the cross where he died for your sins. Think about the fact that he paid for every one of your sins. And, and that by coming to him, he promises that those who believe in him will be forgiven. You know, Jesus said, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me will live even though he dies. And whoever lives and believes in me will never die. And then he asked Martha, do you believe this? 
Um, you, you know, the other night, son, uh, Pam and I uh, started to watch once again this this awesome movie that was made about the life of of uh, Lee Strobel, who was a Chicago Tribune uh, reporter, and you know he was an atheist, but he started to um, investigate the evidence for the resurrection. And uh, of course, he wrote the the famous book, uh, The Case for Christ. But but that's what led him to Christ when he looked at the evidence. He assumed you know he'd been lied to. He had been lied to. Uh, uh, oh, there's no real evidence. And, it, you know, the Bible has been, you know, written and changed by, you know, men who don't know what they're talking about. And anyway, he started looking at the evidence. And um, I encourage, you know, anybody listening, you know, check out that movie um, about Lee Strobel, you know, uh, The Case for Christ. And and uh, check out his life because we're, we're getting close to Easter now. Maybe, uh, what, within maybe uh, several weeks here, this weekend, I believe, of Easter. but. Um, you know, if you'll come to place your faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, my friend, a lot of those lies that maybe you believe, they're going to start to start to fall off your, uh, you know, fall off that, that that platform of your mind like scales from your eyes. And you're going to see things you never saw. You're going to start to experience sanctified reason. And that's why God has you listening to this podcast uh, that's called Sanctified Reason, that the, 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 the Lord led Son to... Um, begin doing uh, was so that you and people like you and I could could be blessed by the truth. So please consider doing that. And if we can assist in any way, I know both Son and I, we, we'd sure love to uh, help in any way we can. Yeah, it's amazing what happens when you seek first the kingdom of God and its righteousness. It will change your life. You know, Dan, it's been, a, it's been an ongoing conversation. I'm sure it's going to continue for uh, probably until... Uh, you know, Christ comes again, but it's always something to to have in, you know, the conversation about is to talk about these things and to get it out there. And like you said, you know, it's uh, go back to Scripture and get that foundation. And no matter where you are in life at this point in time, you can always return to the open arms of Jesus because he's there waiting for you. Dan, and we- when a person does that, son, that anchor will immediately go into the water and, and they're going to start to see, son, that that boat starts to be still because their heart's going to start to be still. Uh, and maybe it was being talked every which way like Laura Perry's was when she was being lied to about, oh, well, you're a man and all this. Okay, um, son, when people do that, the anchor goes in the water. And uh, it's incredible the, the, the peace that, that Jesus brings uh, to those who come to him. Dan, we thank you so much. We appreciate uh, you coming on and joining us with this conversation and uh, sharing your thoughts and everything. And we look forward to uh, more conversations, uh, God willing. Oh, I sure look forward to that, Son. And I thank the Lord for uh, you and your ministry and, and just the topic that we were able to tackle today. And, and uh, we, just, uh, we just pray that every listener will be richly blessed by, by the truth of God's Word. And for those of you listening, you can actually find us uh, and find out more episodes and more shows on uh, RadioWarp.com. That's Radio W-A-R-P, RadioWarp.com. Just click the, uh, the icon or the logo, the Sanctified Reason logo, and all our shows pop up, and you can listen to uh, past episodes as well. And uh, thanks for listening. Do tell a friend, and until next time, God bless.